United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist. Go lay down. Apollo, go lay down. Don't, he's not cute, because you know what he did? Nothing I, wrong, ever. Everything. Everything wrong, always. I went to the mailbox, which is on the first floor of my apartment building. Uh-huh. A mere, maybe, two-minute journey, right? Oh, not there. even that. It's like eight seconds. You just walk I down mean, eight steps. Yeah, <laughs> you walk down, but like, un- opening my mailbox, Yeah. getting my mail, looking at it for a second there, walking back up. During that time, his food is kept in a, what I would call, doomsday food prepper food storage bin Mm -hmm. with a, like, ceiling spinning lid. Because Mm -hmm. he is the biggest piece of shit I know, and he knows how to open cabinets and open doors and get into things, and he eats everything. He is a human, not a human, dog garbage disposal. He opens the dishwasher and pulls dishes out he opens cabinets and pulls trash bags out like unused just tearing and shredding plastic god forbid there's trash in the trash can or in a trash bag he's like time to redecorate the entire living room Mm -hmm. so obviously that's why his dog food and coarse dog food is kept under lock and fucking key apparently he was so ready to fuck with me today because he started off the morning by fucking with me Mm -hmm. that while I was getting the mail, he dragged the food container, the storage container, which is about as tall as him. Yeah. He dragged it to the middle of the living room and started chewing at the lid to open it. That's adorable. No, it's not. He got so close to unscrewing it like he figured out that if he bit it and grabbed it and jiggled it like jiggled his head with it in his mouth that it would start to open he's ruined the lid so now it doesn't even screw down all the way because he like was jimming it off and i'm just like man fucking kidding me sounds real cute to me he can't do anything wrong yeah, it's cute until I wake up to him shitting liquid like the goddamn exorcist at one in the morning that is true. All it's less cute nonsense then. He's yeah. eaten. But, um, hey, what's up? My name's Noelle, and my dogs are actively trying to ruin my life. Hi, and I'm Chelsea, and I'd give anything for my dog to even like me a little bit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's, that is true. Well, speaking of liking. Speaking of love. Speaking what, of love. What better thing to talk about? We all know what the real holiday of love is. And you might be thinking Valentine's Day, to which we would reply. You'd be fucking wrong. Yeah, it's not. It's not February, you idiot. That's in October. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about kind of the timeline of Halloween, because I do think the timeline is a little bit interesting. Because a lot of people are like, how did we go? Well, we'll get there when we get there. Your average Twitter goth would be able to tell you that the origins of Halloween come from the about 2,000-year-old Gaelic festival of Samhain, 
celebrated on November 1st. Samhain, according to Irish mythology, um, is like Bel- Beltane. Beltane, yeah. yeah. Beltane. And you're saying um, it the like real correct way. Most whites would just say Samhain. It looks like Samhain, and that's also where um, Sam from Trick or Treat, the mm-hmm. cutie little monster guy with uh, the little jack-o'-lantern face, that's where they get yeah. his name from. They call him Sam for Samhain, but it's Samhain. And those TikToks are like, guess how you pronounce this Gaelic name? Never get it right. Yeah, I've never it, gotten it right. None of it makes any sense. Peace and love to them. So, Samhain, like Beltane, was a time when the doorways to the other world opened, allowing supernatural beings and the souls of the dead to come into our world. Where Beltane was a summer festival for the living, Samhain was essentially a festival for the dead. So keep in mind the Celtic regions, like they were closely tied to the natural world and they worshiped gods in sacred places like lakes, rivers, cliffs, and bushes. The moon, the sun, and the stars were especially important. The Celts thought they were supernatural forces in every aspect of the natural world. So essentially like, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I would conflate it to like gods. Well, it's very... um it's very oriented too with like the positioning of the sun and the moon. Like there's certain areas in ancient Gaelic lore where only one time a year can like a, a crypt be illuminated because the sun hits it just right. So they were very mathematical when it came to their worship, which I don't feel like people give them enough credit for it. You know, the, when you think of people who really went in hard on worship or not just like revering the dead, a lot of people would think about Egypt and the pyramids and things like that. But these guys gave mm-hmm. them a run for their money for real. Well, I mean, it's those like synchronicities across time and space and like geographical space as well. Like where you have pyramids in Egypt and pyramids in Mexico, um, just like how you have this reverence for the dead and not, like sun worship, sun appreciation, and also kind of like science appreciation of the sun in mm-hmm. in both cultures, right? Um, because this the same types of beliefs and traditions and even art that was created in like these uh, like Gaelic traditions were are similar to the things that you would also find in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like essentially the different cultures version of sundials, you know what I mean? Like both yeah. of them had it like their versions of it and both of them interpreted it in similar, but different ways um, with, but reverence for both. Right. So pretty cool. Um, the night before Samhain, which is October 31st, They would leave food and wine out to keep the spirits occupied, and they wore masks so they could hide amongst the ghosts. So we're starting to see where some of our fucking traditions come from. Yeah, the little wolves in cheap clothing. Mm -hmm. little switcheroo. Irish mythology was originally a spoken tradition, but much of it was eventually written down in the Middle Ages by Christian monks. Hence, the demonization then turned to bastardization. Yeah, the biggest enemy of culture, period, point blank, is missionary work. Straight up. 
So Pope Gregory I, also known as St. Gregory the Great, who headed the church from AD 590 to 604, advised a missionary group going to England that instead of trying to do away with the religious customs of non-Christian peoples, they simply should convert them to Christian religious purpose. For example, quote, the site of a pagan temple could be converted to become a Christian church, end quote. I feel like this is where we get so, I don't want to say regurgitated, but how it's almost taken on like a meme-like atmosphere of like, oh, it's Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein was a doctor. Whenever you talk about Christmas, more prevalently, people are like, oh, because it was taken from pagan holidays or even Easter and Halloween. Like, we all know this, but we don't know. I feel like it's like we've come to accept that that's part of it, that every like major Christian holiday was taken from a pagan holiday. But really getting into it, we've kind of um, done ourselves a disservice by not seeing why they would do that. And essentially, it was just because it was easier to go with the flow than to. Yeah, well, like, honestly, the Catholic and Christian churches of the time when they existed and did their missionary work and found things that they didn't like or things that went against their beliefs, but were still trying to convert people, the they were starting to, it's like a blend of violent colonization and trying to create forced, um, like a forced blending. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they... In one hand, they were like, if we try to completely remove like everything that they believe in, there's a chance that they could revolt back on us. But if we force ourselves in here and take some of the things that they're comfortable and familiar with and integrate it into our version to be like, mm-hmm. see, your version is barbaric and ungodly. But like our version, which does have similar ties, is Christ-like and good. It, it's easier to like convert people that way. It's still violence. It is still oppression mm-hmm. of culture. It is still forcing um, ideologies and beliefs onto a group of people and erasing theirs and um like hurting history um but that's like how they would get their seeds in and i i truly think there's nothing more like atrocious to culture and history and art and um i don't know just like deep ties to the foundation of a of a culture and a group of people than taking their sacred monuments and being like we know how much you guys love this that's why we have come in and kept it but gutted it completely and rebranded for ourselves right it's that is horrible it's giving an inch and then taking a mile and a really a more modern thing of it actually i guess would be santeria because when the early Americas brought over all the slaves, they had their own religion. And then eventually they had to kind of take Catholicism and rebrand it. But it was essentially a lot of the same practices because they didn't want the church coming after them for like witchcraft and things like that. Yeah. It's um, I always say that some of my favorite supernatural people and believers are um, specifically like Mexican Catholics mm-hmm. because there, there isn't a culture that has um, adapted and adopted more than a, the blending of the two where they are devout, devout, superstitious Catholics to the point where they're like, you know, hanging the bags of pennies from trees to keep out evil spirits. And if you're a on your if you're menstruating you can't wear your shoes inside of the house like it is just 
fucking chef's kiss. I agree. I do love that. I love that it's, um, I'm going to put salt down in front of every doorway entrance to my home, but I'm also going to allow any cut or color of person through my door because it's like embracing it's like i'll use salt to fight demons but any person is welcome through my door so long as like you know it's yeah. uh i love that mix too i definitely agree with you like that's my favorite type of i guess religion right now that i've little to few critiques on i'm also really tired today do i am i even contributing good content to the podcast right now yeah you're doing great okay um i will say to your point though about like how we've just like bastardized our quote-unquote christian holidays from Mm -hmm. pagan origins um i obviously Samhain is a really great example i think the most under our nose one and the one that i personally think is the juiciest most hypocritical is christmas obviously because um religious americans right now are like bring the christ back in christmas and it's like santa claus is literally odin you empty-headed idiots Mm -hmm. um and what does that have to do with jesus what does (laughs) what does a man in a red suit and a white beard have to do with Jesus being born. And I don't even think he was born on December 25th, if I'm being fucking frank. But that is accurate. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of like religious historians think he was probably born more closer to April or in summertime. Yeah. Um, nothing drives me more crazy than people saying, let's put Christ back into Christmas. And 99% of the time, they're just upset that someone says happy holidays or like a Starbucks cup. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what it is. They're like, like you're you're taking Christmas out of yeah. America, and I'm it's like, like why? Because I said above, happy holidays. Yeah, and it's like how far above the poverty line do you live? If you're yeah. not donating every penny of that, then you are going against Christ, my guy. Yeah, it's you just you hate to see it. But anyway, so back into Pope Gregory um, taking pagan te- temples and converting them into Christian churches. Um, just you know that good old-fashioned colonialism. So, appropriated by the early Catholic Church some 1,200 years ago, they banned Samhain and, quote, replaced it with All Saints' Day, later named All Hallows in the 8th century, the night before becoming, quote, All Hallows' Eve, which would be the 31st, where All Hallows was November 1st. This was then shortened to Halloween. And if we want to reverse history where trick-or-treating came from, um, first there was guising and then souling. In medieval Britain on, quote, All Souls Day on November 2nd, the poor would beg for pastries called, quote, soul cakes, and in return they would pray for those people's dead relatives, kind of like an old-school version of a Facebook prayer train. Dude, let's bring that back. I never got my stupid prayer cloth. I just get random texts from priests. <laughs> I'm in priests, just like weird dudes who are like, hey, my name's Craig. And when I'm not vibing out on Spotify's top 40 playlist, I'm praying to Jesus. Do you want to come to California and pay $45,000 to go to school? I'm like, ah, I just want my towel. Um, <laughs> it's because you haven't given them at least $50 for your 50 cent piece of cloth. I'm going to keep fighting until that 
blue towel comes to me. You should be like, hey, man, I feel like this is a scam and Jesus wouldn't like that. If you don't give me this say that. prayer cloth right now, I won't be praying for you and your family. I will fucking get pregnant and have an abortion just to piss you off. I will tell God about this and he's not going to be yeah. very happy. <laughs> I will tell you. I'm going to report this to your supervisor, a.k.a. Jesus. <laughs> a.k.a. Jesus Christ. Ever heard of him? You know him? <laughs> <laughs> I talk to him every day. You should tell him that. See I think I will. Say. I will. I'll do that on the next one. Can't wait. Um, and so this, this process of... Um, Trading food for praying for your family and dead relatives was called souling. Guising came from young people dressed in costumes, taking food, money, wine, and offerings in exchange for singing, reading poetry, or telling jokes. We see in a connection here. So the celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England because of the rigid Protestant belief system here. I don't know if anyone remembers anything called the Salem Witch Trial, but you know, it was happening. Um, so Halloween was much more common in Maryland and the Southern colonies. As the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the American Indians meshed, a distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations were, quote, play parties, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest. harvest. <laughs> Neighbors would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes, dance and sing, and by the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivals were common, but Halloween was not yet celebrated anywhere in the United States. Dude, that sounds fun as hell. Imagine just going around and telling, like, funny stories about dead people. And back then, people died weird ways. They'd be like, you'd think she died of dysentery, but in fact, she was fucking eaten by a bear. It would have been cool. It definitely would have been cool. Also, like, I love how, like, macabre and, like, you know, these, like, the, quote, spiritualism that was, like, really big in the 20s, like, the mysticism, mm -hmm. um, would, like, sneak in and out, right? It's always that classic pendulum swing where we had the fucking witch trials, and then right as soon as that shit ended, we completely erased the history by being like, let's have fortune-telling parties. Like, it is just, this is just American history. We love to go it's one extreme to the other. Yeah, and it's, I feel like we're in the a swing of not being extreme because of how taboo death is. Um, even just mention somebody dead in your family and people get immediately uncomfortable instead of like it being accepted um, or just talked about in a casual way. It you can really make yeah. people, you really ruin someone's day. Yeah. It, we've, we've definitely like, we've come from the celebration of death um, and appreciating life and like reverence for the dead and, and like um, to, I mean, the greatest example, it was like those uh, mid 1900s morning customs. I think that was the perfect middle ground, honestly, mm -hmm. between um, complete fear and then complete appreciation of, of the dead and death in general yeah. was those like mid 1900s morning um, traditions and superstitions mm -hmm. where it was like, stop the clock at the time the person passed in the room, cover all the mirrors so their soul doesn't get trapped trying to leave the house. You are going to be color coordinating with morning ribbons. So everyone knows that you're in a period of mourning and they need to be treating you with respect and kindness and love um, until you have gone through 
almost like taking maternity leave, you are given your morning leave um, to heal. And then everyone will know your pin will switch to like, I'm, you know, trying to integrate back into society after a significant death and everyone knows to treat you in a certain type of way. It was, I think that was the perfect, perfect middle ground. Whereas now we are in that, you know, swing again to the hard, like we fear death. Mm-hmm. Death is so scary to us that we have made it clinical because even back in that mid 1900s period, you were still handling and loving and caring for your, for your dead, yeah. your, your family and your loved ones would pass in your home. You would prep and clean their bodies and prepare them to be laid to rest and you would have your time with them it was it was very much a family ordeal that's why there were parlors built inside of homes so that they could have a space for morning and family times with the body whereas now there's such a removal and fear and stigmatization of death that people don't even want to come into contact with their loved one once they've passed to the point where we are we are passing what should be one of the most loving and respect-filled moments of you, you know, clothing your loved one um, before they are laid to rest. Like that is supposed to be a really intimate and personal yeah. thing. We've moved that to some stranger. Now, now it's a nurse in a home who who's preparing the the body of your loved one. And I, there's something so cold about that. Um, but and it's, it really comes from this puritanical belief um, of the fear of death. It, it's, we can blame the Puritans and the Protestants for Protestants for a lot of um, terrible things and customs and ideas that they brought to the Americas. And I, I think the biggest one is the, the fear of death and the fear of the dead to the point where we don't even um, handle our loved ones as they pass. Yeah. And even if you wanted to handle your loved one legally, you really can't, like you have to, buy into the capitalist society of paying for how we handle the dead. And it's so fucking expensive. Yeah. Um, even if you want to go the cheapest route and cremate somebody, you have to pay for essentially a casket to cremate them in. You can't even get around it. And then yeah. uh, the stigma behind like the level or the amount of money that you're willing to put into a loved one's death. Um, even obituaries can be like 500 bucks a pop per newspaper. Mm-hmm. So it's like, fuck dude what if i don't what if i can't afford that what if i want to put my money elsewhere and then it's like then the burden comes back on you where it's like okay i guess you can tell people that your loved one died but it's up to you like it's not going to be in this nice little ad lib like that you fucking fill out where it tells you like adjective your loved one was very blank um and they liked to blank you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um I personally think it would be very healing if you were allowed to spend more time with the dead. But then also, I don't fucking know because it's uh, not an experience that us or our parents or maybe not even our grandparents have gone through. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Like the the stigmatization of death and the fear of death that has been ingrained in us um, by society, norms, religion, whatever it is, right? has caused or at least been the perfect playground for greed and Mm -hmm. and capitalism to come in because that's why every single process of death now has to be it's just money exchanging hands 
Do you remember like when you were graduating from high school and they handed out those catalogs of like the rings and the jackets and mm-hmm. like th- that's exactly what they do when somebody dies and it's yes. like how do you want to commemorate them? Yep. Do you want to pay $29.95 for us to scan their fingerprints into a database which then you can then pay an additional 120 bucks and up for us to engrave the fingerprints onto jewelry. Every step of the process is money and it, you literally pick out from a catalog. Oh yeah. And they're trying to like upsell you like a salesman. It's crazy. So, um, but yeah, the, the two things live harmoniously with each other. Both our fear and the capital gains of our fear. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, you know, back to more things that religion has ruined by the 1920s and 1930s. Halloween had become a secular but community-centered holiday, with parades and town-wide Halloween parties as the featured entertainment. Despite the best efforts of many schools and communities, it was just kind of a big shit show of tricks, honestly, out of the trick-or-treats. It was mostly tricks, like mm-hmm. your house is getting egged and dog shit is being lit on fire on your porch. You know what I mean? Do you have a ghost? Oliver's going to vacuum and I just find it so wild that he does it while we're recording. (laughs) Singing of death, go to Oliver's funeral soon. Um, (laughs) Much like a lot of the rebranding, like we saw with Santa Claus in the 1950s, Halloween was rebranded to become more family friendly. But we're going to go back in time just a little bit. Now that we're kind of up to date in what current Halloween practices are, Mm -hmm. there was a trend of Halloween that happened during the 18th century that I had no fucking clue about until this year. Um, And did you know about it? The hell no. I didn't know until you told me about it because I knew the current timeline that we're on that um, it was taken by the Christians and bastardized and then eventually turned into something that has no religious undertones whatsoever. And you dress up so that the ghosts are scared of you and you mm-hmm. go from house to house doing a trick or treating. Yeah. Um, that's essentially what I thought that it was. And I feel like that's what a lot of people think that it was. Cause it's not incorrect. No. We just haven't ever died, like dove into any of the fads that obviously are going to come up with different religious or holiday trends. And this yeah. has a very unique one that I did not know yeah. ever. Um, a trend is a great way to describe it. Much like the trend now for Halloween is, you know, everyone looks like a hot little slut. And tr- trunk or treating. Is and a trend. Tr- trunk or treating is a big trend in Utah. I'm not sure if anyone else experiences it, but trick or treating is no longer a thing. They make children go to parking lots and trick or treat from trunks of cars. No. I'm still, I'm bringing it back. My house and my, yeah. my own, the one house in the whole neighborhood that's decorated. We have candy. We're ready to give it out. Yeah. Bring back trick or treating. Um, but a fad that everyone seems to have forgot about of Halloween is the long lost matchmaking rituals of Halloween. Valentine's is going to take a hard and well-deserved second place in comparison to what Halloween used to mean for singles ready to mingle. The rituals focused on the future instead of the past and the living instead of the dead. Specifically, they usually had to do with helping young people find their future spouse and with luck by next Halloween 
be married. So we're going to go over some of these rituals. We'll just popcorn it back and forth. Keep in mind, these are all supposed to be done on Halloween. So that is the significance. Um, Chelsea, you want to start this one off? So if you're hosting a Halloween party, you would hide a ring amongst other trinkets in a dish of coal cannon. That's weird. I've never seen that word before in my life, <laughs> which is coal cannon is mashed potatoes and cabbage. Gross. <laughs> and the one to find the ring would soon be married. You know, yeah. if you're diving into cabbage and potatoes, you do deserve to be married. I think if you're diving into a dish of mashed potatoes and cabbage, you can't afford to be married. But maybe that's just me thinking <laughs> just the current the, day. The duality of man. Some of us yeah. think that that makes you worth it. And some of them are like, maybe you're too desperate. <laughs> also, like, uh, this was brought up when with a... We were, I told this fact to um, work coworkers, mm -hmm. and someone said mashed potatoes and cabbage is a really mushy place to be hiding a ring. It sounds like you would easily swallow it. And I was like, that is very true. I don't think you'd be able to because you have mushy mashed potatoes and mushy cabbage, but cabbage has a bite to it. So if yeah. those are mixed together and you've got a ring in there, you'd probably just think it's a piece of cabbage and then it would slide right down because it's congealed in mashed potatoes. That's so disgusting, man. Also, like, all the crevasses that in a ring, like, d depending on the setting, there's going to be potatoes in your ring for yeah. a good hot minute. <laughs> it's going to be a little stinky. Uh, uh, another one is, on Halloween, wait until midnight, then look into a mirror with a candle, and your true love would appear just over the shoulder your shoulder in the reflection of the mirror. And I have shown Chelsea an actual advertisement. Um, there were Halloween matchmaking advertisements all over the place in every publication of the time. This is one of them. The candle mirror one is really popular. There were different variations about it. Some said you didn't have to wait till midnight. You could just do it on Halloween night. Some said you had to walk backwards. Some said just look into it with a candle. Why, why is my true love Bloody Mary? Ah! <laughs> Okay, next one's you. So, in the October 31st, 1914 issue of the Evening Ledger, it said that you would have to walk backwards with a candle, look into a mirror, and recite the following. Round and round, oh star so fair, ye travel and they're, search out everywhere. They're, they're American. Oh. Round and round, oh star so fair, <laughs> ye travel and search out everywhere. I pray you sweet stars now show me this not who my future husband or wife will be. <laughs> oh, my God. Was that good? That was good. Lesbian, I thought you were American. Um, <laughs> um, another one was pour half of a pint of brandy into a dish, set it on fire, then throw candied fruits and sugared almonds into that now on fire dish of brandy. Guests would then attempt to grab as many of the treats as possible from, again, the now-on-fire dish of alcohol, and the one with the most was said to meet their future spouse within a year. Just dip your arm into this accelerant, because I'm sure <laughs> brandy was a very different concoction than what we're used to in these days. Yeah. And just get scalding burnt. You know what? That is love. Yep. Yeah. If you're willing to get third-degree burns back when medicine was literally let me put a leech on it so that someone would marry you, you are down bad. You are yeah. down astronomical, honestly. People make fun of it, like simps online for being 
down bad, but I think this is a different version of it that we've never seen before. Yeah. Sticking your arm into alcohol on fire is definitely simp shit. It is. Uh, Here's one. Uh, Go hunting for chestnuts in a group, and the first one to find one with a burr would be the first to marry. I got a couple of chestnuts you can go looking for. I don't even know what a chestnut looks like in the wild. I'll be real with you. Like, what are you really hunting for? Are they on trees? Are they in bushes? Are they on the ground? You know what? I think that they roast over an open fire. Get fucked, loser. I I should. I'll throw myself out the window right now. Because I felt that joke gurgling up like you would. You know, when the bile rises up in your throat right before you throw up. Your mouth started to water. That's what that joke did to me. These are some of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. Look it up. Chestnuts. Do chestnuts in the wild. It looks like a... Yeah. It's like a spiky... It looks like like a a durian mixed with a fucking poisonous caterpillar taking yeah, a shit. Yeah, it does have like durian energy but on a micro level. It almost looks like when they're not ripe, I'm assuming when they're green, it's like prickly hedgehog spikes, like a perfect ball of these terrifying spikes. And then when they ripen, they turn brown and they crack open and then you've got the like pod seeds which are chestnuts yeah it's like a triple from star trek pinching off a huge turd and i don't like it (laughs) very much so and they grow on i'm assuming these are trees i Um, you know what noel if you don't know what a tree is at this point then you're never gonna know (laughs) they're zoomed in on the leaf it could be a bush you don't know but anyway they are disgusting okay um next one take hazelnuts and write the names of your suitors on each one then toss them into the fire. The nut that burned to ash as opposed to popping or exploding was your true love. Honestly, so many of these um, rituals are, they are very like playing with fire. And I know that they didn't have fire extinguishers back then. It This seems like very violent and risky. I can see why they thought this. Well, this was actually thinking of the time. It's like, Fire is normally very cleansing and very purifying, so it's it's interesting that that would be brought into a ritual. But I wonder what sort of actual rituals they're bastardizing this from, because I don't think white people came up with anything this interesting. Like, no offense, well, we just these didn't. were these were fresh off the boat immigrants from like Ireland and Scotland, yeah. so they were doing some they were doing some spooky shit. I believe I guess it could have come from none them. Of th- None of the repressed colonial Americans, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they yeah, would yeah, think yeah. that they were going to get burned about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, hmm. yeah. These were the cool ones for sure. Yeah, the cool whites. Yeah. All right. So make a sweet treat of walnuts, hazelnuts, and nutmeg before going to sleep on Halloween night, and you would dream of your future spouse. This one seems pretty easy and kind of yummy. And also a little cute. Like It is a little cute. Like, I made nutmeg, and then I dreamt about you. That's how I know you're the one. I also like this one because you make sweets, and then you sleep. That is that is honestly the best out of all of these. Yeah. So another big, big one with multiple variations is bobbing for apples. Um, one, in one set of rules, each apple was assigned to a potential mate. The bobber would then attempt to bite into the apple named for the suitor they desired. If it only took you one try, you guys were perfect, destined for mo- romance. If you succeeded on the second attempt, they would court you, but your love would fade. And if it took three tries, your relationship was doomed. 
you know that there would be that one guy at the party who's like trying really hard to fucking get this girl and then he would get the apple on the third try and just fucking spike it on the ground and like yeah, he would, yell and ruin the party. He would definitely punch whatever like 1800s drywall was. Yeah. He would just, just punch brick. through <laughs> the brick. <laughs> just a Chad. Yeah, straight like, up. A bro at the time. And he's like, oh, like, hip, yip, yip. I don't know how people talked back then. He just rips off his brooch and just throws it. <laughs> yeah. But it goes like a foot because he was like just riddled with polio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, another approach to the game was a race to bite the first. Would no. be the first to bite an apple. Would, yeah, I had dyslexia for a minute. <laughs> another approach to the game was a race to be the first to bite an apple. The first to emerge successful would be the first to marry. So just like a piranha free-for-all with everybody's heads in an apple pot. Yeah. Okay. No... Uh, Honestly, knowing that like this was a big tradition, it's crazy that COVID popped off now and not then. Also, um, you know, like shoot your shot and go in on this one, but then as you're like biting the apples, slowly get closer and closer, and then just fully make out with the person next to you. <laughs> yeah, easy enough. Yeah. A related version suggested that if you put the apple you had bitten underneath your pillow, you would see your future soulmate in your dreams that night. Gross. A lot of rotting fruit all the time. Yeah, I don't want to put, like... Like, I'll eat chips in bed. And I know it's wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put a bit apple under my pillow. Yeah, that's crazy. Hmm. There was also the, on Halloween at midnight, peel an apple and toss the peels over your shoulder, and the peels were supposed to spell the initials of one's future spouse. And here is, for Chelsea only at this point, another um, publication of Bobbing for Apples Halloween matchmaking card. It That's says cute. Halloween greeting, and it's a girl just it doesn't diving, look like an apple. diving for the worst apple ever drawn <laughs> in the history. Yeah, and just... she's framed in a diamond ring. Do you see it? Oh, yeah, that they is got cute. You. They and got the brooms. You yep. Um, another one that I forgot to put on here, um, similar to the peels that were supposed to spell the initials of your future spouse, was if you found a snail and you put it under a glass the ne- and like overnight, over midnight on Halloween, the next morning, the snail would leave uh, your future spouse's initials in their slime. Slime trail would be very easy because of Oliver. Yours would be hard. I'm not trying to catch a snail and try it out. Um, I also have, I don't, I've honestly not seen a snail in a very long time. I don't know what they're up to, but they're not hanging around around here. So I couldn't even test that one. I, I mean, I have to. snails in my fish tank, but I'm not going to murder them to know mm. that I'm already with the dude I'm with. Yeah, you've already murdered enough today. Yeah. <laughs> i'm so fucking sad i don't know if it's just like the holidays or seasonal depression but that really ruined my day the fuck do you mean the holidays it's halloween bitch it's the best time of the year and you're making a fucking mothman costume yeah the mothman costume is cute i don't have anything to wear it to i made it and went to um, oliver's dad's work halloween party which was just full of children and fully illuminated with uh, overhead lighting. 
which was my nightmare. But the the kids had fun. Oliver has super cute nieces, so it's always chill to hang out with them. You know, sometimes kids are just fun to hang out with because they're chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, I could appreciate Oliver's niece's chaos, but the other children were there. Could have done without him. Yeah, that's typically the case. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I feel you. We we were prepping for two Halloween costumes, but now I think we're only going to need one, and it's going to be for a family Halloween party because no friends are doing Halloween parties this year. I think what I want to do is just move the furniture in my living room a little bit and blow up the air mattresses and then just watch Halloween movies. Yeah, that would be fun. What we should do is try to get the spirit box by then so we can do a Halloween spirit box session. Yeah, we totally should. Um, Friday, we have Turnstile. We have a concert. We're going to see Turnstile, so it doesn't matter if there's a Halloween party on Friday anyway. We're going to be doing that show. Um, And then Saturday is the family Halloween party. Saturday night, um, and it's a costume. Co- they always do a costume contest, and Ty and I have won both holidays. Um, last year, we won Halloween as Jackie O and JFK after the assassination, and then we he won the um, ugly Christmas sweater competition. But he won with my idea because yeah. we both handmade our ugly Christmas sweaters, and I told him that he should have one that shows off his tits in some way. Yeah, that one was good. Yeah, and it said, "Show me your gifts," and then the gift. The wrapped gifts were removable um, nipple pasties. So he won that. And I was like, I would like to go for a second year in a row for costumes. Um, we'll be going as Reagan and Father Caress from The Exorcist. He'll be Reagan and I'll be Father Caress with old man makeup. That's brilliant. Because um, we commit to the bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Our second Halloween costume, when we thought we would maybe have like a friend party to go to or something, was going to be um Joe Dirt and Brandy. Um, but it's looking like we're not even gonna need that. So but we should try to hunt for ghosts on Sunday. Yeah, I'm totally down. We can hunt I'll for s- ghosts and we don't have to like do a super late night, but we can do we can wait till it gets like dark at seven PM now. Yeah. Well, and- I mean, here's the thing. This is this is such unpopular opinion ghosts are around at all times of the day yeah the only reason why people do it at night is because it spooks them out but there you'll get an evp the same evp at seven in the morning that you will seven at night you're not wrong so you're not wrong if you're up they're up too you know what i mean if you're cold they're cold too let them in they're the hunter more of the ghost world where you up yeah, always. They're like you've yeah been up, haven't gone to sleep since. Actually, went to sleep forever. Now I'm here. Yeah. So <laughs> I just I went, I took a nap, and now I'm awake forever. So can who's we fucked? can we not tell Oliver that we're going to be hunting ghosts on Sunday because he'll get upset and scared and not let us do it? Yeah, we won't tell him. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to this episode before then. But he honestly might because he's so fucking supportive. <laughs> well, he can like go upstairs or something. Um, he'll be okay. I have enough like religious paraphernalia he, that he, he can just sleep with it. a rosary or something. He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be okay. The spirits are in your house already, obviously because of your your experience last night. Dude, he had haunted shit happening to him before I ever even moved in. So it ain't yeah. me. Maybe it's him. It always was him. That's why he's so scared for us to just listen to what's been yelling at him this whole time. He doesn't want us to expose his ass. 
<laughs> I'm ready for it. Um, yeah, if you want to hear more about our ghost experiences, listen to Patreon, which you can find a link to in our bios. I am at Noelle Fane. That is at Sith Lard. We are at Go to Help Podcast. Um, a dollar gets you in. You sign an NDA, especially this week, so don't fucking say shit, you little weirdos. Yeah, don't say um, anything, because that would be weird if you said you- anything. <laughs> I was thinking about tweeting it, but it's fine. Um, you, can <laughs> <That's> also, fine. <laughs> you can also find a link to our merch page. A um, bunch of cool merch in there. All of it's donated. We list it as low as we can, so it could still be made, and that little bit of profit is donated. You can also find a link to Kelly Holloran or at Wildwood Owl on Etsy's page. She makes our stickers and our cool shit. She also makes cool shit of her own, so check her out. Um, you'll find a link to our Discord server and um, don't know why you would need it, but links to listen to us. Not sure how you're doing that now, but if you forget, in the meantime, remember it's there. Um, Chelsea also did an episode about She-Hulk. Um, we have linked it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram stories. Um, it is with, what's the podcast name, Chelsea? Uh, it was with my good friend, Jake. He's the one who got to do the Kevin Nash panel. Um, for those of you who did hear that when we released it that is with age of geek podcast age of geek um find that on any of our socials it will link you to them give them a listen it is family friendly i think i do let a few swears out my b my b this is what happens you can't when you can't censor a bitch you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i know you just, I, I did my best, um, but that one's fun. It's just like a kind of a deep dive into She-Hulk, and I defend the comic books uh, like I normally am, very insufferable with comic book history. Man, you get a dig or two in at Stan Lee, that cuck fuck. So one day we'll have the balls to give the people what they want, which is the true "We Hate Stan Lee" episode. Yeah. Oh, that that'd be such a fucking good one to do after spoopy season. That would be such a good one to do as a Christmas gift to everyone, honestly. Yeah, we should actually just, like, start recording that and then, like, just mash it together for one six-hour fucking extravaganza. Yeah, it would be a two-parter for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, we're going to be giving you guys ghost stuff, hopefully, since I've gotten it. I have gotten the proof I need to know that this is my destiny. So yes. um, look forward to that. Um, and now more than ever, and especially right now. Um, when when the darkness is being taken out of Halloween, I would like to say to you, hail Satan. Hail apples. They're so have involved. You, have you ever bobbed for apples? I don't know. I don't think I'd want to get my eyebrows washed off. No, like as a child. Like as a child. I don't know. I feel like I had to have. Do you have a distinct memory of bobbing for apples? Very much so. Because of kind of both things that you've already mentioned. I, obviously, as an October baby, I've always had Halloween-themed parties. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, I didn't care. I was like, run that shit back. Another costume party, run that shit back. Yeah. So on like my 8th or 8th or 10th, between those two ages, um, costume party for Halloween, we had um, bobbing for apples in the front yard with like a giant tub Mm-hmm. Um, and I was dressed, I was having such a diva moment this birthday. I went through three different costumes just during my party because at first I was a witch and my mom drew in like really thick, thick black eyebrows with like her pencil. You know what I mean? Like yeah. her, um, she filled that shit in. Yeah. Amy's liner pencil. 
Yeah. And did like a giant, she overdid my mole. Like she overdid it with big black. Yeah. And then I was like vibing and I went outside and then like three other girls dressed as witches showed up. And so I stormed back inside and I was like, change me immediately. And <laughs> so you my, got it. You look dumb. You're wearing yeah. the same thing. You got to turn it inside out. Straight up. And so my dad's like military garb was around. So my mom like took his military jacket on me and then cinched a waist belt around it and just made me like an army man, but forgot to like take off my witch. <laughs> so I was bobbing for apples and like my thick two inch big black eyebrows and black mole were just bleeding down my face after bobbing for apples. And I was like determined to win it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, so I was holding on to the sides of the thing, like feet in the air, head fully in, getting as many as I could because mm -hmm. they had made like prizes, but it was like my birthday. So I don't know why I was like, I've got to beat all these bitches. Like I wasn't going to get free shit anyway. Come correct. 24 seven, even on your you birthday. Know. I was like, we've got to show up. So I'm, you know, waterboarding myself. And mm -hmm. then I would pop out and my mom just looked at me and she goes, oh no, <laughs> my shit is just fucked up. So I have a really vivid memory of bobbing for apples for sure. Yeah. I just don't recall. I know I must've done it because I've, I've been to Halloween parties and I went to like church parties and stuff because the ward would throw church parties. For those of you who don't know, uh, Mormon churches are in wards and they always throw shit for kids to come to and learn about Jesus and not about the devil. And they had to have had that there. Convinced. Yeah. Honestly, bring back bobbing for apples, but maybe like in a COVID friendly way where like they're bobbing for apples in rubbing alcohol. Yeah. In a, in a giant container rather than water, it's hand sanitizer. Perfect. Hand That's sanitizer and just salt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And you're still in full, um, PVP. You, yeah. And, <laughs> um, perfect. Well, now that you guys all know things to do on Halloween, um, let us know how it works out for you. Um, and we'll see you on the other side of talking to ghosts. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.